Hey there, good looking. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. My name is Christina, and this is my podcast, Indiscreet. What is it about? Like a David Lynch movie, it's up to you to decide. I know things are happening, but I'm not too sure what's really going on. As I mentioned in the first episode, I'm a former employee of a number of sex stores in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I've always had a deep fascination with the who's, what's, why's, and how's of sex and sexuality. I've experienced many things and talked to many different types of people during my time working in that industry. On this episode, I continue the discussion with another former employee, Tom. During my time at Discreet Boutique, Winnipeg's now defunct largest sex store, Tom was the most prominent male employee. We sat down in my studio to discuss religion, wrestling, porn, and what it was like working in such a prurient position. Sex. This is going to be the second episode. I'm very excited because we have Tom here. Um, Anyone who listened to the first podcast, we mentioned you a couple of times because you were pretty much like the token guy that we (laughs) worked with. So I'm very excited that you're here because we wanted a male perspective. I wanted a male perspective on the sex shop, you know, and being a male in that industry because... Usually when you watch a movie or see a TV show, it is, the majority is women. Of course. You know, who work in these kind of places. You don't really see guys work in those, uh, in those situations. So I'm glad you're here. And mostly because I probably, besides us going out for coffee, I hadn't seen you in like, what, 15, like 16 years? It's been a long time. It's been a very long time. It's been like a teenager's like, you know, I could have had a grown teenager by now. Like, yeah. it's pretty scary. I, I almost have one now, too. There you go. You basically have a teenager. Yeah. And, like, it's been that long. <laughs> I think even before then, since I've seen you. Um, and, yeah, we met when I was 21. You were already working there at uh, Discreet Boutique uh, with myself, Mel, and Seanid. I think I was the last one to uh, to join the crew Yeah. Um, of us four. And, yeah, I wanted to get you here, talk about it. Oh, I can't wait to edit this because already I'm just like, just fucking get it out, Christina. Just get it. <laughs> just out. get it out. I'm I so know. glad this isn't live. I make you nervous. I get it. <laughs> wait, when, like, you just look at Just look at the shirt. I, you know what? I think I remember that shirt, too. Yeah. Now that I keep looking at it. Yeah, it was the, the original one uh, was blue. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. And uh, I I wore it around proudly at the shop because yeah. my my mom was so innocent uh, in in thinking that um, for those who obviously can't see this this uh, I'm, I'm wearing my shirt where I had posed for a photo wearing a gimp mask with a zipper across the mouth and uh, <laughs> I'm given the peace sign and uh, my my mother saw me post that on Facebook when Facebook was still in its infancy and. Uh, I had uh, I, she surprised me by by one day sending me some shirts. She's like, "I made you some shirts," and so one of the shirts had some of my artwork on it because I she she loved my art and she always was trying to like inspire me to do more. And I 
kind of just got lazy because I never had the uh, the attention span to do a 16-hour piece of artwork ever again. So, um, but I I loved this shirt where I'm wearing this this gimp mask and uh, she uh, she thought it was uh, a luchador mask because at the time. I was also training to become a pro wrestler uh, on the side. So it was very fitting. <laughs> yeah, and uh, half of my half of my costume uh, for wrestling uh, usually wound up being pieces that I had purchased f- from around the store as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty great uh, when I would go to a wrestling show and start pulling stuff out of my bag and. Guys never knew what was coming out next. <laughs> <laughs> What's he gonna wear today? Although now that I'm staring at it, uh, it's very intimidating. Uh, your <laughs> eyes, actually, with the gimp mask, um, and of course the zipper is closed, so it's uh, even more so. But it's giving me very mankind since we were talking about <laughs> wrestling just before this. Yeah, um, yeah, like a young young mankind. I love that. <laughs> Who knows if you have teeth under there? That's I think that's what's scary about it. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. <laughs> but also very inviting because of the peace sign. <laughs> You're like, I'm not this intimidating. I'm actually quite friendly. Peace. <laughs> Giving you mis- mixed signals you here. Know? Yeah, you, you never know what's going to ha- come yeah. flying at you. It's going to be a hug or is it going to be a clothesline? I don't know. I don't know. Or are you going to eat me? I yeah. just, yeah. Who, who knows? You know, and that's uh, that's what's so nice about it. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps you in suspense. But that's amazing how your mom's so supportive. I am, <laughs> I'm quite jealous. The fact that she would go and on your Facebook and see this lovely picture of you <laughs> and decide to make you a shirt, a t-shirt with that image. Yeah. And that image in particular because she knew you were wrestling and she, you know, she wanted to support your activities. And I think that's great. And this eventually, well, I still actually have the original shirt, but it's obviously kind of peeling away yeah. at this point. So uh, my mom wanted to do something similar. And I was like, you know what? Just do the same thing you did like 10, 12 <laughs> years ago. Just, just make me another set of these same shirts. And she did. Now, did you ever tell her about oh, the mask? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, after I laughed about it for about the first, like, 30 minutes, <laughs> I I had a conversation with her, and uh, I said, Mom, are you aware of what I'm wearing in this in this picture here? And she's like, no, no, what is it? I thought it was a wrestling mask. I thought it was one of your Mexican wrestler masks. No, no. No, uh, I'm afraid to have to inform you that uh, that's actually one of the, the, the masks that I sell uh, at the sex shop. And she's like, no! <laughs> Just innocent? Aww. And uh, it was... It was Wait. Did you have to explain what a gimp mask was and fetishism? No, and... she she picked it up pretty okay. quickly. Yeah. Um, she is no stranger to going to those kinds of places. She just didn't she didn't piece it together. She didn't mm-hmm. put two and two together, um, and uh, she just she thought I was, you know, throwing out uh, throwing out there the my love for wrestling and yeah. And posting it on social media. You were just advertising yeah. that you were a wrestler. You yeah. know, you were putting it out there. Six. Speaking of moms and back then, how did you first 
work at Discreet? Like, do you remember how you first heard about it? Why you applied for the job? Oh, yeah. So that's that's a story uh, all on its own. <laughs> so I'd, uh, I'd been a security guard for about four years prior. And uh, I had broken into acting um, shortly before switching over to uh, Discreet. Um, but the, the the guards that I worked with, they weren't willing to cover my shift or anything like that. I told them, "Hey, I've got a I've got a a role in a movie. I'm, I want to I want to be a part of it. Can can you guys cover me for it? It's you know I'm giving you some notice." And they're like, "No," without without hesitation. So I said, "Well, I, th- I think at that point, I, my social skills were already." pretty pathetic. Uh, Working in security, you don't do a lot of talking. You do a lot of, well, uh, back then you you did a lot more uh, displays of intimidation or or you talked people down, but you you didn't really really try to like engage people in conversation. So I had noticed that my social skills were dwindling and I thought, really don't know how much more I have in me to keep doing security. I'm good at it. Uh, I like some aspects of it, but I really didn't like that I was losing my my ability to like have a conversation with people. And uh, so shortly after the filming thing wrapped up, uh, I didn't really have a place to work. And uh, I decided I was done. And I looked in the newspaper and Sure enough, there was an ad for Discreet Boutique, and I, I'm like, I'm I'm ready for for a different line of work uh, entirely. I don't know if this is for me, um, but I ended up uh, walking down there one mo- one morning and throwing in a a resume. Um, it was probably on a weekend, I think. And age was at Adrienne was uh, at the the t- till, and I walked in there and. I bluffed my way through through the uh, application process. I'm, I'm like, hi there. I have an app, I have a resume here. I'd like to submit it for a job. I see the advertisement. Um, I'm comfortable with who I am, and I think I'd be a great fit here. Completely the opposite of that, because leading up to that point, my entire life, my uh, my family never spent a, a moment of teaching me anything about sexual education. Actually, when it came time to do uh, sex ed when I was a a kid, uh, my mom actually opted me out of learning about it. Really? Yeah, so my teacher told me to go do some sort of research project in the library outside of class so that (laughs) I didn't... So I knew nothing, nothing about anything. And uh, I I mostly applied as as a joke. I didn't think I'd even get an interview, but... uh, Were your parents quite conservative, or was there, like, a reasoning behind that? um, I want to say that part of it was my mom was a little bit, uh, not not conservative, but uh, she was more... She she had a little bit... There was some religious context, Mm. I think, behind it, where... She yeah, didn't, she didn't think I I should learn about it or something, and that that's not something to talk about. It was a taboo subject. Yeah, but I don't understand why because I know she had toys. <laughs> oh, I no. Found, I found oh, them no. in her nightstand. But... <laughs> Sorry, mom. Maybe it, <laughs> maybe it was more of a like an adult thing. Like maybe I know a lot of parents um, are very skeptical about 
what age kids should be learning certain things. and Yeah, you know. and it didn't even make much of a difference opting me out because the next year when I was in junior high, it was part of the... Was part of the curriculum, anyways. Yeah, so <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> pointless. But she she didn't want to talk about anything that made her uncomfortable. Yeah, um, because at uh, I think I was about fifteen or sixteen. I had started kind of also looking into religion as well, knowing that for me Christianity wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to look into other ones, see what was out there, and maybe make a decision. And uh, she found. Uh, a book on witchcraft because I again I was I was curious so I had it was the times like yeah c- the craft came out the craft and came that out. was the shit yeah <laughs> okay and that was the right around the time that it did come out so yeah I, I was curious I wanted to to look into different options so I looked into Buddhism mm-hmm. I looked into Taoism and all kinds of other options but she had found this one and. She flipped her lid because it made her uncomfortable, and yeah. she had heard stories. You're worshiping Satan. Yeah, but she also <laughs> heard the the same kind of stories about Dungeons and Dragons as well. Uh, so, oh, you know, cults, cults play that game or something yeah. and get into witchcraft. So she thought that uh, that was kind of the direction I was heading. <laughs> Anyways, Aww. getting getting back on uh, track here. Mm-hmm. So... I had applied uh, mostly as a joke, not expecting to get get a call back or anything like that. But the next day, I I heard a I had gotten a call from Lana, and she had asked me to come down for an interview. And I was like, okay, well, there's nothing to lose. I'm this far in, may as well go to it. And uh, I I sat down through the whole interview process and. Uh, I just talked to Lana like we were just two old buddies. I didn't expect anything out of it and going in with no expectations. I I figured, you know, I probably lost cause. I'm not going to get it. She's not going to think anything of me. But I guess I must have made an impression because about an hour after I had left, she called me to start the next day. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So at that time, I guess Jeff was the only other male that was working. Uh, there was one other one, and there had been a per- another one previously. Um, maybe had been gone for a couple of months by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Al. He ended up deciding to start his own photography business, which you know, great, great for him. Um, and then the other male that had been working there when I started, his name was Greg. He was also kind of on a, on the way out as well. I can't remember his reasons though, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, all nice guys, and um, I'm sure they all ended up leaving to like pursue better things. Well, yeah, that usually happens in retail, right? So obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of go on to bigger and hopefully better things. <laughs> so you get this job. I'm sure you're shocked. Um, like, do you tell? Your mom? <laughs> yeah. 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 I was actually surprised. Um, when I got the job, uh, I, I obviously told her, and uh, her reaction was kind of the opposite of what I was expecting. I thought she was going to maybe have a similar reaction to the way Shauna's mom reacted, where she was not impressed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, she ended up saying, wow, that's really great. Way to go. And, oh. and that was the exact opposite reaction I would have ever expected from her. 
given that, you know, my entire childhood, she had restricted me from learning about it and even, you know, choosing a different religion. Yeah. <laughs> so when she when she had that reaction, uh, you know, I, people change obviously over the years, but uh, I did not expect a, a 180 like that from, wow. from her. But she, she was really uh, very supportive of it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and how about, like, your friends... When you tell them that you're going to be, like, did a lot of them know what this place was? Yeah, a lot of people, when I when I told them, uh, I ended up becoming quite the novelty myself. Um, of course. Invited to a lot of parties, house parties or whatever, <laughs> just so that I could talk shop. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, a lot of them were, were obviously asking for discounts or what <laughs> what my preference for, like, certain toys or or products would be, so that maybe they could tr- give it a try and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I was I was invited to a lot of different parties, and um, and then again because I was doing the uh, pro wrestling thing too, I was I was also quite the novelty in the in the wrestling sure. in the the change room with the guys as well. And uh, everyone is a degenerate in those in those <laughs> dressing rooms, and uh, we were always ribbing each other with uh, with all kinds of. Things I, I can't think of any examples at at the moment, but it, the shenanigans never stopped. It was great. Oh my god! And the honky tonk man, um, legendary man that uh, he is, uh, he he even complimented me on my package one time. Is that a wrestler? The honky tonk man, <laughs> yeah, you know, from the eighties. He's a he's he's a legendary Hall of Famer. Like in just like American wrestling, or was this like a Winnipeg thing? No, he he worked for WWF then, um, and wow. now WWE. Uh, yeah, he he had been retired from from the the pro wrestling circuit uh, for the the big stuff there with WWE, but uh, he was doing his indie tours, and he was making a pretty good amount of coin because he could. You know, he could travel whenever he wanted. He wasn't yeah. he wasn't stuck to this rigid schedule, touring all year long. So he he would come up and join join us uh, for a while. And um, yeah, he he his gimmick was that he looked like an Elvis kind of wrestler. He he oh. came into I can't remember <laughs> what his theme song title was, but uh, you know he he was he was the real deal and. That's amazing. When I thought honky tonk, I'm thinking like, <laughs> was he a cowboy? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Honky tonk, an El- Elvis. He, he was wow. like, he looked like he dressed like Elvis. He'd come in th- th- like this full one piece suit with sequins, blue and white, and or or whatnot. And he'd have, have his that acoustic guitar. Oh yeah, I'll, sh- <laughs> I'll pull that up for you. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was one time where. He was touring with us, and uh, he uh, he also he was like, "Hey, man, man, what do what do you say?" He said, "What boy? What do you uh, what do you got packing in in those those pants there, or something like that?" <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, it's great hockey talk, man, but like, I'm pretty sure you just said he complimented you on your packet. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think I'll ever want to be a fly on the wall of a men's locker room. <laughs> it's just something I, I don't need to know about. <laughs> yeah, this is... You know what? He looks familiar. Yeah. I think I have seen him before. Yeah, so he would he would smash his guitar. That was that was part of his uh, his show was he, whenever he came down to the 
the the ring whoever he was fighting would get the a guitar smashed across his head if he won and, and <laughs> yeah uh, i ended up getting a piece of a guitar signed by him one time as well awesome. just, yeah <laughs> so it was it was really cool meeting one of one of my uh heroes growing up because uh, i watched him when i was like an 8 year old and then yeah. and then i'm like 20 years old and he's still doing the thing he's still he still got the the moves and everything like that <laughs> but now he's like you know middle aged <laughs> yeah yeah and complimenting a young man on his package yeah he was a dirty man that yeah guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh wow that's uh that's quite a story uh well yeah so I guess getting back to discreet, you're there, like, it was pretty much your claim to, like, popularity. It, yeah, it it really was because uh, I liked my solitude uh, yeah. as the next person. And this pretty much a, as soon as, well, even maybe a couple of years after leaving there, I was still kind of go, going to, to gatherings and whatnot and that was still kind of the thing was like you know oh, he used to work at uh at discreet okay yeah that's that's great awesome but then uh, a lot of those people kind of went away after a few years after i uh stopped working there because yeah. i couldn't get them the discounts anymore and, well discount was pretty great it was 50 percent off yeah. right so it was pretty awesome now that i think about it i know mel was saying you know it, yeah, it was a novelty. Like, people just are so curious about what happens there. And I remember in particular, like, going to parties because I had, like, mostly guy friends, but even, like, females and stuff like that, like, girlfriends or whatever, it was mostly the males who wanted to hear all the stories. Like, I found that, like, a lot of my girlfriends didn't even really want to talk about it. Like, <laughs> they kind of just ignored the fact that I worked there. And I don't know why that was. But the guys were just like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Like, tell us what happened. Like, tell us about these crazy stories. And also, a lot of their girlfriends didn't like me that much because when I go, I would buy, like, I would bring these like, I'd bring blow-up dolls, you know, just, like, to fuck around with people, like, double in dildos. Or <laughs> I remember, especially if it was, like, someone's birthday. Yeah. Um, so I'd buy them these, like, just stupid, elaborate things. And I remember this pink butt plug with, like, a little pigtail on it. And I'd bring that. And these guys' girlfriends would just, like, they would hate when I, when I came there. Because I, <laughs> I guess it, it is a little bit bizarre now that I think about it as an adult, like, you go to these parties, you're not friends with the girls, you're friends with, like, their boyfriends, and, like, I guess a female bringing their boyfriends, like, sex toys, maybe not that appropriate, but it was funny, like, I just didn't take it too seriously, I was just, I mean, I kind of figured, I was, like, just one of the guys just hanging around, like, playing around, right, so. Sex. Thinking about it now, uh, all these years after having left there uh i'm quite rusty i i I honestly can't remember half of the stuff that i used to hawk on a daily basis i oh my god (laughs) i can't even remember what was it called the purple peter was that the the one that jeff always wanted to like i I feel like that was a toy (laughs) 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 that sounds like a yeah, that sounds like a typical name, and I feel like there was, 
if I'm remembering correctly, um, it was just like a purple vibrator. Like there was nothing to it. It was just called like a purple Peter. Yeah, they they generally like the the one I'm thinking of. And if if I guess the name right, it was um, it was one that had like it was it was reliable. Um, it the texture wasn't like a weird rubber texture. It was like yeah. a jelly, and uh, it sold at a reasonable price. Uh, so that was I think. That was one of the more popular ones, if I'm remembering correctly. That, that's if that's the right name. I, someone's going to have to. Someone's going to have to confirm that. I mean, maybe <laughs> Sean remembers better than I do. And that always, I mean, yeah, there are some that I just I do not remember because a lot of them were just the same, just with different names. Yeah. Right. But I always remembered the Eager Beaver. Yes. Because a, I remember. And I told this in the first episode, my brother's girlfriend took me when I was 18 and bought me that for my birthday. Yeah. But also, that, and it was a dumb name, <laughs> Eager Beaver. And it was a, I, I should have explained this in the first episode, it was a vibrator. So it was a dual vibrator, which meant like, you know, it had like the shaft part and it also had like a clitoral vibrator attached to it. And the shaft had this crazy bend. You can bend it (laughs) any which way. It was pretty insane, the rod inside. So when you bent it like all the way, I don't know, back and you turn it on, it would would do a fucking helicopter just spinning like crazy. Just rearrange your insides. (laughs) (laughs) But also that and the fact that it was like a totem pole. Yeah. Like, it was like a carved totem pole. And the clitoral stimulator was a beaver with its tongue out. Yep. And, and, that, was, and that was that was a common design too, <laughs> even back in like the, the early, I want to say early 90s, maybe even the 80s, that totem theme. Well, that was that was was around even back then. It was strange. It was strange. And now I'm thinking now that we're in like 2023 and we're very PC now I'm like is that racist? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are they they should they be putting totem poles like on things? Well they they had a, a variety of they did. of uh designs. You, know you were absolutely right cuz I now that I think about it I'm thinking back I do remember, and I don't know if I'm correct in thinking this, but I don't know if it's Japan, and a lot of our products came from Japan, right? So I could be talking out of my ass. It could be different now, now that it's like, you know, a million years later, but I'm pretty sure that at one point they were not allowed to make vibrators and dildos that look like penises. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it had to have some other design on it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was also something that you know, if you were a shy person, it, if it was taboo, yeah. um putting a a little gnome's face or something <laughs> on it to make it look more friendly and less like something that you would put inside you that it was uh it was something that people could kind of gravitate towards, I find. That's yeah, it's absolutely true. Which was probably why the eager beaver sold as well as it did because it it looked Yet not like it did not look like a penis. Yeah, and 
I'm I'm just thinking out loud, like, is that, what am I trying to say? Like, the fact that, is it because it made people more comfortable not thinking of it as a penis, like it's not as dirty? Or, because, like, if I think about, like, the eager beaver, and I can't remember all the other ridiculous names they had for it, it was almost, like, kind of childlike, like, so I'm like, is that not kind of disturbing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, too, because it looked so unassuming, too, it would be less of an embarrassment if somebody did discover it. Like, yeah. Like my a, a child such as myself at age eight <laughs> looking through mom's nightstand. It's like, oh, Again, what is Again, sorry, this? mom. <laughs> All moms had toys. All moms had toys. And, yeah, and we did find them. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, I'm not even going to bring anything up because my mom listens to this (laughs) yeah i'm gonna push that memory right out of my mind Uh, (laughs) so how was your experience working there were you kind of like shy at first were you nervous did you oh yeah oh yeah i because of not having any idea what i was doing after applying (laughs) i Wow, I was overwhelmed that first day, um, and I, I hoped like hell that nobody approached me about uh, anything, <laughs> and that I could just sit there and l- look at stuff, learn it, and not look so uh, out of place. Because I, I figured I'd, I'd get fired within like a week. I, I honestly thought that I, they were going to catch on, but I, just, I ended up learning a lot. They were patient enough, and they. Uh, and, and I ended up being becoming a, a really great asset <laughs> to the store. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, which yeah, I I started there, and I absolutely was was frightened uh, of what I'd gotten myself into. I, I did not know what to do that first couple of days there, uh, and then Lana kind of uh, kicked me in the ass and was like, "Hey, now you got to start, uh, you know, saying hi to people as they come in through the door." Uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but then, then you know, I just, I ended up building up so much confidence um, working at the store because, I again, no social skills. They were they were dwindling like crazy working as a security guard. Uh, staring at a monitor eight hours a day was a completely different uh, system sh- shock to what I had started doing at Discreet. And uh, so learning the products, becoming a, a professional and talking to people like they're normal people and not someone I'm trying to intimidate or kick out or something like that. It was it was a huge learning curve for me. Uh, and but I, and I think I think that's probably why I got hired in the first place was the experience as a security guard <laughs> because I I basically became a sentry uh, for. Uh, for Lana and Rupert uh, when I did start there because I started going to the gym and mm-hmm. I was doing the the pro wrestling thing and they were totally cool with that. And uh, so I I basically was hired on just to be their, their glorified security guard uh, because <laughs> after a short period of time of working there, they got me bringing all of their, their daily deposits. At, you know, after yeah. a night, they would count everything up in the morning, tally it up, and then they'd send me off to the bank uh, a couple blocks away, and they never thought twice about me doing it because uh, they figured, well, if anything happens, he's going to kick their ass. <laughs> so they technically hired you to be a security guard, but also to sell products. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. And and I was good at, at doing the security aspect while I was there because, well, well, being the the location that it was, we had a lot of shoplifting that would occur. Yeah. And uh, I remember a couple of instances where I stopped people uh, shoplifting and one of <laughs> one of them I I embarrassed the crap out of and, and it's funny because it was I think it was one of the products that you guys were discussing on the on the the pilot podcast there is uh is one of those awful toys that <laughs> that looked and felt like the hardest rubber texture and just looked like it came from the 70s and just <laughs> the worst quality product and this guy tried to like hide it under his jacket and I'm watching him with my peripherals as I'm watching the rest of the store and this guy was very suspicious looking and I, I caught him putting it under his jacket and he starts beelining it towards the uh, the front and I'm waiting for him to go to the counter at the front and he starts curving towards the front door instead and I I immediately yelled at the top of my lungs, hey, hey, come back. I think you have something that doesn't belong to you. <laughs> and you could tell this guy was really nervous, but he, he was so he was nervous to the point that he did not want to actually like purchase it because he he probably would have died of, of, of embarrassment. He was probably like I was when I first walked into that store to drop off a resume. I had never gone into a discreet boutique prior to applying. Actually, no, that's a lie. There was one time I, and I was also very nervous going in. But um, yeah, that's another story. Um, so yeah, the the guy tried to go out one of the doors, and it was the the door that was always permanently locked. And, yeah, and so he, I think he thought that I had some power to like lock the doors. <laughs> it was the witchcraft because he, he didn't try to like <laughs> use the other door. And I I got right into that front foyer there, and like it was a tiny little space. He could have stabbed me or something, mm-hmm. but uh, I I I cornered him in there, and I'm like, "Come on, open your jacket. You got something that doesn't belong to you. I want it back." And that probably would have been the the perfect opportunity to get rid of that toy that no one ever wanted to buy. You know, you were probably doing us a favor if you just let him walk out. With yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> we have to think like. Was he stealing it to steal it, or was he stealing? Like, what's more embarrassing, purchasing this product or getting caught mm-hmm. with this product? And because you're too embarrassed to yeah. buy it, because honestly, and especially something as shitty as that, yeah, like yeah. get something of a higher quality. Yeah, and try was, to steal that. It was in our discount bin that we had, Ooh. where all the the toys that were like. The boxes were all beaten to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And he he easily slipped that one out because it one side was already ripped open. And yeah. But yeah, that's that <laughs> I I wonder if that would have been more embarrassing. Just anyways, um I ended up like approaching him and asking him to open his jacket. And uh, he said I was gonna pay for it. <laughs> and I'm like, you just didn't know where the till was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure you sure you were, guy. Uh, I'm gonna need that back, thanks. And uh, we've got you on camera, so don't come back. And he's like, no, I, I won't. <laughs> did we have cameras? We did have cameras. There, there were a couple of them. Um, there was a few at the front and back tills. Um, 
I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and I think they even were connected to the till, those those cameras that were faced on those ones. Um, so whenever you punched in or scanned or whatever the uh, the products, I think they actually showed up on the, the cam- camera screen as well. Really? I think so, if I'm remembering correctly. Wow. I do not remember Discreet being that, like, up on technology at that time. I was a little nosy. Um, I scanned because it was Lana's computer. She always had that open. Uh, So I was nosy. I snooped a bit. (laughs) I'm thinking because with all the shenanigans that pretty much happened there, and I never remember Lana, who was the, I guess she managed it right? Because Rupert was the owner and Lana was the manager. And I never really remembered them being there all that much, especially when I worked, I guess maybe because I worked more weekends and stuff like that. Didn't you come in in the afternoons a lot? I think so. Yeah. So closer to around the time when they would start going off to like either meetings, meetings in quote, end quote, uh, (laughs) or picking up their kids or what have you. Um, Yeah, that was, that was a kind of about the time that you would walk in and start your shift. Yeah, like that the, I don't know, because hearing the stories that Sean and Mel were talking about and then like the things I've seen and experienced there and just us acting like complete morons (laughs) like at the store, I'm surprised that we never really got talked to about it. Um. Yeah, especially with us goofing off, because we did a lot of goofing oh, yeah. off at the store. Yeah, and I th- I think because we we picked the right times to, yeah. to to be doing stuff like that when there weren't customers judge- watching us uh, be unprofessional. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how professional you could have really have been in there, but uh, we, you know, we would play around in the the swing on display or yes, something. Yes, I forgot about yeah. the sex swing display. <laughs> yeah. And like we 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 were all business once customers oh, yeah. got into the store, but at, outside of that once once it slowed down and we didn't have anything to sweep up or wipe down or something mm-hmm. like that, then yeah, we pretty much just got away with with farting around. <laughs> I don't even think they watch those tapes, to be honest with you. Because I don't think we, like, an actual retail store, I don't think the employees would have gotten away with that, whether there was customers or not. Rupert would watch. Really? He he didn't care. Um, sometimes he would make mention of it, and I don't know if it was to, like, embarrass you or to, like, just let you know that he's he's keeping an eye on the store. Now, did he... Um, it's all coming back to me now. Hashtag Celine Dion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love that song. Classic. Um, did he... Could he watch those videos at home? I think so. I think he did have access. I think now, talking to you and talking about this, I remember him calling the store mm-hmm. because maybe we were goofing off and he can see it at home. Okay, now, yeah. So, I know he could yeah. do it from his office. He he could mm-hmm. watch, and he did. And, like, a lot of times whenever he had, you know, sauntered out of his office, he would, you know, make mention of it or whatever. Like, 
I'm watching you guys or something. Or he would something call from, creepy. or he'd, he'd call the the store. Yes, he would call. Yeah, from he'd call the store from his office. <laughs> he never he never just came out and told us, but yeah, yeah. he would definitely he would call. Yeah, I don't even remember. I think I was only in his office like a couple times. I don't. I could not tell you what his office looked like. Yeah, it was. It wasn't really all that decorated or anything like that. It was. It was pretty plain in there. It was just a lot of boxes. Yeah. And, and uh, he was always in there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what he did in there. Because no. <laughs> um, he was almost never at the store either. Yeah. Like he'd show up for like a couple of hours, go do Rupert things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever those. Were. <laughs> yeah. Six. So, being a male in that industry, do you think there was a difference in, uh, like how customers approached you or treated you, uh, like compared to like your female coworkers? Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. There, there was a. A distinct difference, and we could we could definitely sense it both Jeff and myself when whenever we were working, uh, and we could tell that someone was clearly uncomfortable speaking to another uh, male about. Is that like both males and females, like, or would they have different? Um, yeah, it, it, different it, approaches. Most most women uh, that I had approached, there wasn't really any. They they didn't give off the vibe that they didn't want to talk um, mm-hmm. because I, I whenever I approach people I I acted like they're they're sex themed adults themed uh, maitre d basically when I would go approach them because at at that point I ha- I had so much confidence to mm-hmm. to approach people and and the manner with which I did it I did it in a way that didn't really make people feel uncomfortable yeah uh, like. You know your standard, typical macho guy would probably give off as far as the vibes went. They they'd probably make people uncomfortable with how mm-hmm. with the tone of their voice, things yeah. like that. So, so are you um, just like extra friendly to women when you came in? Not like even extra friendly, but just. Um, what am I trying to say? More kind of upbeat and just kind of like. It would it be different from how you approach women to men who came into the store? Not particularly. Um, I would feel people out. Um, mm-hmm. I kind kind of get a sense of what their their comfort level was just by watching their their body language, and uh, I would see if if maybe they were looking around for help or to see who was actually a an employee, and so. <laughs> Because you couldn't tell. <laughs> we were literally in street clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always wearing my giant tiger-themed shirts. There was always some sort of weird caption on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so I, I would I would kind of get a sense first and see where someone is in terms of comfort, and then I would kind of a- approach them in a specific way to kind of cater to to their level of comfort. So if I could tell, you know, they were super comfortable being in that environment, I would approach them as like, you know, a friendly, hey, let's be buddies kind of kind of energy. And uh, if they were really shy looking, I would kind of give a softer tone when I approached. And uh, usually there, there would be 
a difference with how, like, I guess the mentality was different for guys a, a, a lot of those years back. You know, we were all part of the, the toxic masculinity and you didn't talk about your feelings or you didn't want to discuss anything that was related to your your sexual organs or anything that had to do with your, your sex life, anything personal like that. So uh, I did find that guys didn't want to be approached by another man, um, which is fine. And uh, again, it was all about sensing these things. And so um, if if I couldn't crack somebody to like, you know, open up to let me know what they're looking for or to, you know, kind of give them a, a soft introduction to the store, uh, I would usually approach, you know, the, the, the women's staff, the, the female staff, the women's staff, the, <laughs> the, the female staff were usually my go-to when, when I could tell, hey, this person probably doesn't feel like that's going to be, you know, the, the right person for them. Let's try, let's try from a, a female perspective, mm-hmm. maybe have them approach us. So, Sean had usually got uh, got picked on about that a lot because <laughs> uh, you you could you could always tell uh, nobody ever outright said I would like to speak to a female staff member yeah, yeah. not to me anyways but uh, they uh, they they definitely gave off those those particular vibes when they were just like oh, I don't need help leave me alone <laughs> I wonder why that is I guess I mean. When I look back at it and I get, like, male customers, even when you were working, they would usually gravitate towards the female employees and and asking about male-specific products. And I'm thinking, like, well, why would you – I don't – I, I don't know how this works. <laughs> like, I, I've never tried this. I, I I can only assume. I'm like, we do have a male employee who's probably better suited to helping you out. But yeah. I just wanted to talk to a female. Like, I don't know if it was that, you know, males maybe just don't want to admit that they're using these products to another male or maybe that they need help, you know, sort of thing. Like like you were saying, like, you know, kind of the macho man. Like yeah. Maybe they're just trying to, like, you know. Yeah. It's it's so bizarre to me. Yeah, I and I, I totally get it because uh, I was like that too before I started there. I didn't, didn't share my feelings on those things. And uh, it, it's, it's a growing process. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, I could I could definitely empathize with some of these people where, you know, they they probably think that they can approach you know the, the the women are more approachable, uh, and they probably have the insight and they they know their products that they can be approached about anything in the store and they can they can tell you exactly what you need to know about them um, without thinking hey maybe this person isn't the right. Isn't the right uh, person to to approach about, or maybe it is. They're more interested in not what feels good for them, what's comfortable for them, but what females like. You know, like what 
you know, if, if a male used this product, how would you feel about it? Yeah. And really, they should have been like, you know, are you comfortable using this? Are you, like, is this going to feel good when it's on your penis? <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what should be important, <laughs> you would think. But, yeah, it could be that, too. Um, and then we were talking about before, um, Seanad and Mel and I, about, um, unfortunately... Um, like males kind of, they can, I mean, I'm not saying all men did this at the store, but a lot of them would just come because they were like trying to get a rise out of the female employees. Like you cannot talk to a male, like, um, you know, ask, you're not going to ask a male employee, like, um, well, maybe you are, you know, you like males, but normally a heterosexual male is not going to ask another male, like, what, you know, what do you use and what feels good to you? And, you know, kind of like really intimate questions just to be a dick, yeah. you know, sort yeah. of thing and make them feel uncomfortable. But they did it to like the female staff. Yeah, that's un- that's the unfortunate side about uh, some of the, the, again, toxic masculinity. They yeah. And I've noticed that over the the last couple of decades, it's being addressed a lot better. Um, you know, that people are letting others know that you know it's not okay to be like <laughs> that. You can't you can't just go like you got to treat people like people. And some of these individuals that would come in, they just they they threw all of that away. They themselves didn't have the social skill mm-hmm. skills to actually be a decent human being when they walked in the door and they uh, maybe they that that toxic masculinity follows them and and they just they, they're a jerk to, to everyone because they're they're themselves are uh, uncomfortable and insecure did you ever witness anything um, happening to the other like to female employees while you were working oh yeah like can you like give us an example of like a situation that you saw and like did you ever have to like step in yeah uh, I can't remember examples per se and, and who it was with but uh, I want to say that maybe it would have been Mel it could have been someone else uh, but the, yeah there was there was definitely at least one occasion I said I had seen where someone was being absolutely just a complete asshole about uh, about taking the it's it's almost like those prank callers where they mm-hmm. just you know they you're just like taking the piss out of her sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah yeah and and they were making them definitely uncomfortable and uh, I I kind of like tagged tagged in and I. I I ended up trying to like help this person, and and I so I stuck with them. Yeah, and I kind of followed them around, and yeah, that made them uncomfortable. I don't remember if they actually bought anything. I don't care, but yeah, doesn't matter. It, we didn't need that kind of negativity around yeah. the workplace. Um, yeah, there there was definitely one one instance of of that kind of negative energy. <laughs> I mean, I definitely remember one particular time, and I'd mentioned this on the previous podcast, where this guy came in and, yeah. you know, he 
was going to dress up as a woman and he only wanted to deal with me. And of course, this is when I first started and, you know, gave him my name, which is unfortunate because it's just like giving out your name shouldn't be this like big deal. But ever since like working at that place and that particular person in general, like how uncomfortable I felt after a while and like with him calling me constantly at the store, I literally had like, had to ask you yeah. to ask him yeah. to stop calling for me and to not come in anymore. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's so like at that point, like I shouldn't, looking back, it, it should be like, I, you know, I should have said something like myself, but again, I was like 21 yeah. um, and I was brand new to that you know, um, to yeah. that industry. And I just didn't have the confidence to kind of tell him to fuck off. And he was making me uncomfortable <laughs> sort of thing. Whether this was like someone who is trying to take advantage of my kindness or whether someone who actually needed help and he, he was going through this thing, I don't know. But it just got to a point where it was just like, I'm uncomfortable with the situation now and I didn't know how to deal with it. So it's kind of nice having that kind of male person there at that time to like help out. So it was really nice, uh, you know, to work with them. But I I have, from all the places that I've been to, um, like you know, different sex shops, I don't see a lot of males yeah. working at uh, those places. And like another place that I worked at, like refused to hire males. Um, I think he... Uh, they tried to once, and it didn't work out. Um, I can't remember the guy. I mean, he was fine, but he just he just couldn't get anything. It just wasn't a good fit. And then, like, ever since then, they were like, nope, no males will ever work here. Yeah, it's I, – I get that, too, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's, there's very few um, that can probably cut, cut it to – meet the the business's needs or anything like that yeah. they, they there is there is a lot of unfortunate people out there that just they aren't mature enough to properly fit the i don't know the the professionalism required in mm-hmm. that type of industry i find um like when we hired on some of the some of the male staff at discreet um you know, we we had a couple of duds, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> um, like, it got you thinking, why the hell are you even here? Yeah. And that that doesn't translate well to you know good sales or no. to like approach approachability or some of the some of the things that were necessary to to build rapport with some of these customers. What I think a lot of people don't get employees and customers um, alike is when you're in that kind of industry, you are talking about something very personal, obviously, to people. Um, But there has to be that level of professionalism. Like, you are not to... The customer, you know, will usually give you very personal details, unfortunately. (laughs) But... You as an employee of that industry should not be doing the same. Yeah. Like, you were just there to help them. You are selling a product. You are not in a therapy session. Like, we should not be telling them personal things about our sex lives and, you know, and stuff like that. So I think because we're 
in that setting and we're, you know, we're surrounded by these products, I think people, their lines are blurred yeah. a bit when yeah. it comes to it. Um, like I said, like employees and customers alike sort of thing, like, you know, still a professional store this is just a retail store like you know it's not a massage parlor like you know we're not doing other things um we're basically here to make sales yeah so <laughs> Six. i remember selling the shit out of that place <laughs> it, it's funny i i can actually remember uh once i started getting comfortable uh and and fitting in with uh with the store there I remember thinking that uh, this this is the kind of place that I can see myself retiring. <laughs> I was young. I was almost thinking about like opening up a store Same. at one time, and I'm like, because it seems pretty easy, you know. Like, I we have we have the history there. We have like how hard could it be? But you know, selling products, knowing about the products, and the business side is probably a lot different. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we still could. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's very very odd industry. Um, like, did you yourself experience any kind of like harassment, sexual harassment from like oh, patrons? Absolutely. <laughs> See, this I have no idea. Yeah. This is you know what I've I'm so excited and intrigued to hear about these stories because. Usually, you're thinking, yeah, women get harassed all the time. And they're saying, I want to know from a male perspective, like, what you went through, what kind of harassment you went through. Yeah, there was there was definitely uh, similar stories um, akin to what uh, what was described in the in the previous podcast there. Um, from females or from males alike? Both. Really? Both, yeah. Uh, I, I had only one prank call the entire time I was there. I'm sure that I... You know, a male answering the phone probably threw off whatever <laughs> most of the would-be would be prank callers were going to call in and talk about. Uh, there was one that was, I, I don't know, I guess he he didn't know what to do with himself. And uh, he tried to run with the prank and it ended up like going nowhere. And he's, you could tell he was kind of frustrated and he just ended up hanging up eventually. But he was trying to get a rise out of me. Uh, there was there was the, just one incident of of that, um, but on multiple occasions there were there were people that would come in and they would try on uh, outfits, uh, lingerie outfits, and they would open up the uh, the curtains and ask my opinion and stuff like that. And I... see, I think if you say that to other, I mean, this is just me like thinking out loud. Um, my assumptions, which is terrible, but like, if you were to say that to like other guys, they would be like, "This is like the best job for you. This is awesome. You must get ass all the time." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was always from people that I had zero interest in. <laughs> uh, to put it nicely, it would be they, they were either not not the right uh, age group bracket, uh, body type, or. Uh, Gender. Um, yeah. <laughs> actually, no, that's that's not true. Um, I'm actually very openly bisexual, but uh, the uh, the the people that would try to like entice me uh, that that was one of the things that they would do is they would 
do something like that, or they'd try to to slip in like a an inappropriate comment uh, here and there. Um, mostly the guys, um, I from the uh, I'm gonna assume that they were from the gay community. Um, they would just you know have no filter, and, and and I think maybe they thought a lot a lot of the stuff that they were slipping in there, the innuendos or whatnot, that was harmless fun and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But to, they maybe they were trying to get a rise out of me or see what my response would be mm-hmm. maybe i would i would interject back and forth and we would have this like amazing bro moment um <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was never the case uh, cuz i i was always professional first whenever a customer was in there so um i turned that part of my brain off until you know until everyone was gone then perv tom was back mm-hmm. um so <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was so focused uh, on selling stuff when when I worked there. Uh, I ended up selling like some of the most expensive stuff in that store. I, yeah. so, I sold that Hustler Girl doll. It was two thousand oh, dollars. Yeah. I sold the 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 swing set stand. It was like eight hundred. she correct me if I'm wrong. I think I'm remembering this correct. But she was pretty much squatting. Yeah. I don't think you could stand her up, No, right? No movable limbs. I think this was before real dolls. Yes, yeah. She, well, right around the, just just maybe a little bit before the time of the real dolls mm-hmm. came out. Um, but yeah. Or this, maybe not here, like maybe not in Canada. No. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it was probably, probably a year into me working there that mm-hmm. I had first heard of them. And they were really pricey they were like ten thousand dollars so you really needed to customize them they're pretty amazing yeah (laughs) you had to commit um a lot of money to the to that and yeah then you were stuck with something that was like what did they weigh like 40 pounds 60 pounds heavy (laughs) something like that but yeah they they had posable limbs and things like that whereas the hustler doll was just in the frog stand (laughs) it was such a weird stance yeah and (laughs) The little sample thing eventually got uh, oh my god the up. samples the cyber skin samples okay so ex- I don't even know how you would explain this so there was a it was a huge box huge box and you just have this like I don't know she must have been standing up I'm assuming she was like five two or something <laughs> um, so she was in this squatting frog stance and usually. Actually, yeah, dildos, uh, penis, like not penis bones, penis sleeves and stuff like that. They had these little samples on the box. So it's just like this weird looking tumor almost (laughs) bump on the side of the box that you can feel the material. Yeah, yeah. So, and they got so gross from people touching them constantly and I didn't even I haven't even really thought about that until now like how discolored they got (laughs) it was was like so gross dark like it got because they're all quote-unquote flesh colored you know (laughs) and then people would just touch them with their dirty ass hands constantly and that's what it was there for so you can basically so you can feel it without opening up the package even though we still had to open up the package and make sure it was okay, like it wasn't ripped or anything like that. But it's, yeah, and then ha- sometimes it would just be like half out, like, ugh. 
Yeah, it was pretty gross. Because these those didn't get cleaned. No. No, it's just so you'd have like hundreds of hundreds of people pre-COVID, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> just touching this little fucking With their, mole on the side of a box. Their dirty hands transferring dirt onto it, as it, it until like, it was like blackened. It was blackened. Like it looked bruised. Like it was so disgusting. Think of a little thumb <laughs> on the side of a box yeah. of just squishy flesh. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about the, that <laughs> until now. And then some of the samples on the box were like little mouths, too. And they were open mouths. Do you remember that? They were just lips. Oh, yeah. Uh, instead, and you can like put your finger in. In the little lips. It's, it's. It was a weird time. It was weird. It was a weird time. Yeah. The, the cyber skin when it yes. first came out. It was just. That was that was huge yeah. cyber skin. Yeah. I'm like, what? You don't have to fuck plastic anymore? No, you can. I mean, I've never felt a penis like that before, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's cool cyber skin. It's like more realistic. They sold it as, but it would definitely, I think, tear more. Yeah, those, especially had, if you're not using lubricant with it, you had to be very gentle with very those. Very gentle, and especially even washing it could be could, you can rip it, and then once it's ripped, like it would just continue to rip. Yeah, I almost like over the the course of I don't know how many years since that was uh, a new product, um, I've never seen anybody using those particular products in any capacity whether it's at like in like a, a pornographic video or yeah or someone's uh own only fans or something like yeah. that um any of those things i've never seen anybody making use of of that that particular product i don't know if it's still around and i know i like oh, i'm sure that i know i see like more of the silicone products being used because obviously it's more sanitary for the sanitary purposes yeah yeah, yeah. but not so much cyber skin i'm not hmm. sure what happened there I'm a little rusty. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Did did you happen to, like, sell any of those when you were still... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cyberskin. Uh, I would always... Uh, like, over the years when you worked at the, at the other location? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the idea of Cyberskin just because it's softer, uh, more comfortable, I think, uh, especially when you have, like, plastic. And, I mean, yeah... Some people don't mind it, you know, some people are just more sensitive and stuff like that. So just like the hard plastics would probably be your best bet because it's it's extremely sanitary and it's easier to clean. It's like no fuss, no muss sort of thing. But the cyber skin I thought was a really cool alternative for something a bit more softer. I remember that uh, in some of the stores, they would sell, like, sleeves for, mm, yeah. like, vibrators and stuff. I mean, you're still putting it over, like, a plastic vibrator. but I remember those. It's just, you know, more softer. Um, and, again, speaking on the penis sleeves, which were basically, like, I don't want to say a condom because it obviously doesn't protect against anything, <laughs> but you would roll it. It's a sleeve of cyber skin and you would roll it on like a condom and it had like the like one to like three inches of like solid mass at the top. Yeah. So it was kind of like that. But 
again, even for the vibrator, it did not have any kind of um, like elastic on the bottom. So it's the same issue as in when you're using it, the vibrator could have just like slipped out of the bottom. So I don't understand what the point is with that. But um, that um, silicone is always great because obviously it's more sanitary and stuff like that. You can boil silicone. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Do some baking. Do some baking. You know, (laughs) I have a silicone mat I use all the time. It's fantastic. Six. Okay, besides like vibrators and dildos and stuff like that, what did you think was like the most like popular product that you sold? Um, it probably would have been that that purple Peter thing <laughs> that I I think that was the name. Um, that's like a vibrator, yeah, or a dildo. But like, what what kind of like unusual thing? Oh, well, not unusual, but not so like you know something else that you wouldn't necessarily go into a sex store for. Like, we were talking about, what is it? Because I sold a shit ton of Stud 100. Oh, yeah. And Stud 100, I don't even know another brand, and it's a numbing spray for a premature ejaculation. So you just spray it on the penis, and it numbs you so you don't, obviously, ejaculate as fast. But... I don't even know of any other name brand except for Stud 100. <laughs> it was so freaking popular. Yeah, and and I think it. Jeff did a lot of selling of it. I think he pushed it a lot and mm-hmm. and got a lot of people kind of with the ball rolling get uh, get them all excited for this. And then maybe they told their friends or something mm-hmm. um, because it was it was it's word a, of mouth <laughs> a big a big seller and people would come in asking for it by name and they would get like two three at a time. Yeah, when, when I th- weren't they like thirty dollars a piece? I want to say they were pretty. They were not cheap. Yeah, and it was a very small small bottle. vial. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think you needed much because I remember spraying it on like my finger just a little bit, yeah. and it was like completely numb. What, like, what is it's like? Um, was it Novocaine? Yeah, basically li- some sort of lidocaine. Or yeah, the numbing agent that you would probably use for like your dental visits. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you just, you know, if you have a toothache, you could also just use it, yeah. spray it in your mouth. I, actually, you should do not <laughs> spray it in your mouth. It could be poison. Yeah, don't, don't do not take my advice on it. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing is is misinformation. Cause oh my gosh, a lo- I I don't want to I don't want to single out a, a a specific group, but I noticed, and, and I'm pretty sure they talked amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting getting the, the the Middle Eastern community coming in, always looking for either the Stud 100. Or for penis pumps. Yeah. I don't know, like, if they, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to stereotype anything because everyone has their own stereotypes. But it's, I don't know if someone said it was used for something else, but it's like, it was. A lot of the times those gentlemen would come in and they they would expect to have results where, the product was supposed to extend the the length of their penis, yeah. and I hated having to break it to them every oh time. It's like, no, this is not. Well, men in general, but because I see a lot of men that came in there looking for penis bombs, and I'm assuming it's porn that they got it from. This information, yeah, um, which false advertisement, people. It's and that probably perpetuated <laughs> things know? a little bit. But it was always the the Middle Eastern community. Like maybe yeah. they, I, I don't know if they were 
having these conversations where one said, oh, you can you can try this, and then the word of mouth or or something. Um, it they did not seem to understand that the product was used for a different reason, and, yeah. and I, that was a constant thing. And I, I don't know if that's still a continued case. Um, um, I, I think I saw more at discreet than I did the other place of the that type of community yeah. that came in for it. Um, there was definitely working at the other place, and I'm not saying like um, how do I say this without sounding like a bigot, but uh, there were definitely people who came in, and I knew exactly what they were looking for. Yeah. Uh, whether it be male or female, people of certain communities and whatnot. Uh, and again, that's stereotyping. Not always, but, you know, usually when certain people came in, you knew exactly what they were looking for, whether it was, you know, you know how they heard about it word of mouth in their community or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I had to talk to a lot of people <laughs> to tell them the correct information um, that they were obviously missing. Um, but it's it's very interesting uh maybe because i was i've worked in that industry for so long now i can just kind of not only different communities but even the look of people or you know people's um how they came in how they presented themselves like different physical actions that they took at the store whether they were kind of like shy or whether they're walking a specific way it's very strange talking about it without really experiencing it but you kind of always knew what they were looking for for example and I just thought about this but males who came in and they're usually middle-aged um they come in walk straight to the back of the store they're looking for porn and (laughs) you see them you say hi you know they're like "Mm," don't even really address you they go right to the back of the store, and then they look lost. I go <laughs> up to them, and I'm like, are you looking for anything in particular? Uh, no, I'm just uh, kind of looking around, you know, looking around. And I'm like, we don't, like at, at this particular store, we didn't sell pornography. I'm like, we don't sell porn here. And then he's just like, oh, okay, I was just, you know, fat. I'm like, no. He's like, but you can get it at this place. He's like, oh, okay, thanks. thanks. Yeah. I'm like, all right, sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's guys are so funny in those stores. The uh, when when that happened at Discreet, um, it, it was because they, they you could probably tell that they had been in the store at one point or another. Yeah, and they were used to the old layout before mm-hmm. the flood, where the movies were all in the back. There, there was. They some, were in. We're, they were in the fetish room before, weren't they? Yeah, and then origi- we moved them to the middle. Uh, yeah, towards the middle there, they they yeah. had all been condensed, um, and I guess a lot of the cassette tapes were damaged, anyways, in mm-hmm. in the the flood there. Oh, the cassette tapes. And those were being sold for like a hundred dollars, as you had discussed uh, oh, previously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was also VHSs were still. Around, yeah, and DVDs yep. were just kind of like a new thing. Um, I swear, I remember, and maybe it's a false memory, but I swear, I remember a DVD being sold for like one hundred and fifty-six dollars. There, yeah, there was. Um, 
I, I don't remember which one it would have been because obviously this is almost 20 years ago. But <laughs> uh, yeah, there some of the pricing on the DVDs when they were brand new, they were a novelty, they were mm-hmm. harder to come by. Um, because where else are you going to find a, a pornographic DVD in that in that mm-hmm. era? It's it's still still before, um, like I think we the best internet we had was DSL. We weren't even at like <laughs> wire wireless Wi-Fi yet. Um, it, and so getting porn on your computer was still very slow. And remember and so, dial up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so a lot of these movies were like. Seventy, eighty dollars. There, there were some expensive ones there, and um, and we marked up that shit. Oh like yeah, crazy. Yeah, because where else are you gonna get it? Yeah, unless you <laughs> unless you went into adults only video, which yeah. sadly is not around anymore. Oh no, yeah, because well, the internet. Um, <laughs> true, they, true. They were the blockbuster of adult porn. They were the blockbuster of porn. Yeah. You could rent porn. Mm-hmm. N- and that concept to me, like today, is just gross. Because <laughs> <laughs> I rem- I think I only went to adults only video a couple times. I think for like a gag, um, because I was one of those like annoying people who would go in. But like even when I was working at Discreet, just because I've never really been into a store like that. But uh, you know, even working in those industries, you still want to go in and just not cause a ruckus, not laugh at anything, blah, 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 right? I just wanted to go in to experience it. And I remember going there, um, I think it was about midnight. I'm pretty sure I was drinking with some friends and we were driving. Yeah, you know what? I'm just saying we're drinking and driving. I know we're idiots. Um, (laughs) I do not recommend that. Please do not do that Um, for anyone who happens to be listening. Um, but <laughs> so we were doing that. We saw it and we're like, let's just go in. And we went in midnight and there was just like this young girl working there at the tell. And the story was Sean is coming back to me where the guy asked her, you know, if you're scared to work there and stuff like that, because I asked her, I'm like, are you the only person working here? And she said, yes. And she had to have been like 19 or 20 and I'm like, are you are you okay working here by yourself? Because, like, I was really concerned for this person, especially because, like, it was, you can go in. I don't know if it was 24. I'm sure it was 24 hours or something like that. But, yeah, or when they closed. All that. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I work, like, the midnight shift. I'm like, you should not be working the midnight shift. You were too young. Like, what if something happened? And she said nothing's ever happened, but still. I'm not saying, like, you know, women can't do that, but it's, you know— you're taking least, you're, you're yeah. definitely taking on more of a yeah. risk in that particular situation. Exactly. What kind of security do you, or protection you do you have? At least have another person on with you. Like yeah. you shouldn't be the only person working there. Yeah. But yes, as we were saying, the it is the blockbuster of adult videos, and you could rent porn and you can return it. And I'm thinking the amount of semen that must have been on these products, like the <laughs> the DVD cases and whatnot. And it's just like, because you know people don't wash their hands because people are fucking gross, right? So they're probably jerking off 
and then they're putting the DVD back, not washing up after, and then returning it. And I'm just thinking, I hope they're wearing gloves uh, and like sanitizing these cases, which they probably were not. I'm uh, I'm totally picturing. I don't know if you've seen the movie. This is the end, but uh, yes, I'm, t- I'm totally picturing Danny McBride right now. <laughs> Everybody was Danny McBride that touched these things. Just just shooting cum bombs left and right. Pretty I'll come much. on everything. <laughs> I want peace. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, Andrew told me a story because clearly there were these porn stores, like rental stores, like back in. It must have been the 90s going back because I don't know when they first started opening here because they've been around forever when I was uh, like in my 20s. But I think they used to bring porn stars in to like sign DVDs or not. It would be VHSs at that time, obviously. But because he met, I can't remember her name, um, but I know we had her fleshlight. At the store I worked at, she was like an older woman. She must have been a lot younger, obviously, back then. Um, but she was a pretty popular, I guess, like MILF uh, porn star. And he and he had met her. And she was in, he told me, she was in a bikini in the middle of winter in like Winnipeg to like sign these things. And he was like, aren't you cold? <laughs> he was more concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, those were, that's a... Like a phenomenon. Like I want to say that might have been Dominion News. I, I Maybe. Because I actually had caught wind that there was some Playboys at Dominion News. They were signing some some of their... Like Playmates? Yeah, the the, play, the, the Playmates um, yeah. were in town. And, and I, I was like, well, I got to go check this out. I'm, I'm freshly 18 and I want to see some... Oh, yeah. I want to see some boobies. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, I, I went on my lunch break, and that was the first time <laughs> I lunch break. My, I, I that was the first time ever buying a pl- an issue of Playboy just so I could get a, a signature in it. And I have no idea what happened to it later, but uh, <laughs> it disintegrated from use. <laughs> yeah, I was so proud of that and and embarrassed at the same time. But uh, I had the the courage to go in and and do that. Uh, but yeah, I want to say it was Dominion News that uh, would do stuff like that. Because they 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 were kind of balling back in the in the day. Because they've closed since then, right? Just recently, Just yeah. Recently. They they had to close down. They said like during the pandemic, they had like, like an end of an two, era. <laughs> two customers during the whole pandemic, and like I'm sure people still buy magazines. I don't. Oh yeah. I don't buy them myself anymore because um, I don't have room for it. I've got bookcases filled with board games now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've moved up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I haven't bought magazines personally in a long time, but uh, I'm I'm sure people still still bought magazines from there. But uh, it, it was getting pricey to to buy a magazine. Like, oh, some, some of the, absolutely. Some of them that they had in there were like $25 for a 60-page magazine. Oh, even now, like... Because if you go to Chapters or any kind of like those bookstores, like Vogue magazine, which is obviously like still huge, there's still like um, a huge market for it, clearly, even though most people, I think you can just uh, read it online. Yep. But they're still printing it. But those things can cost like up towards like $30, $40 for a magazine, not a book, but a magazine. No, I'm surprised books cost so much. Yeah. 
Like, you, I'm like, you know, I could just download this for free, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But I do like physical copies of things. Yeah. But I'm old school. I'm old now. So. Yeah, they, they got to <laughs> speak to me if I want the physical copy. Yeah. There, so there's adults-only video. Was there something called something union? Uh, yeah, that's that rings a bell. I cannot, for the life or of union. me, remember. But it was like— you, Is it union video? That might have been it, yeah. I think that, and it was like on Mountain or something like I that. I think so. That was, yeah. M- Mount, no, maybe not Mountain, but— uh, mm, Some sketchy area. <laughs> yeah, I think it was in that in that vicinity in the city. Mm-hmm. That, that, I that's, think it's I think, I think you're right. Yeah. I, they weren't nearly as popular as No, I the think AOV. that was maybe like a standalone store and adults only video, I want to say, had multiple stores yes. in the city. Yeah, they they had one, I remember, in that area as well, like kind of the North End area. Uh, there was a few of them. There was one that was on Provence, um, kind of where the, the little strip mall is um what the heck is the cross street shoot uh, i don't remember uh memory is failing me today uh <laughs> there was one over there and then there was there was strangely one in the middle of nowhere down marion like it was in the industrial area um far removed from anywhere and and it, that there was a reason for that because i guess there was a by law passed where they yeah. couldn't be within a certain radius. Yes, of residential. Yeah. Yeah, because I know the one store that I worked at, I mean, we were always told we didn't, we couldn't sell porn because we were too close to residential, but when we had moved, um, I just don't think the owner liked porn, even though they weren't as, they owned a sex shop. Because um, we sold like, tantric massage like yeah. videos you know something like that like not as scandalous but not like full porn it's uh yeah <laughs> i forgot about the vhs's though yeah coming coming back to those vhs's and and the, the markup prices oh like, my god uh, yeah they like at least four times as much as it yeah, costs to they, get in. They were probably purchased for about twenty dollars. Yeah, and yeah, they were marked up to about eighty dollars for most of them. Although it's just the names is what got me. Like <laughs> yeah. I wasn't one to like watch because we were allowed to take them home. Yeah, even though we did not rent videos or DVDs there. The staff were allowed to take them home and watch them so we can, I I don't know if it was true, like, or we just use this as an excuse to, like, recommend them to customers, you know, like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. This is good. You know, there's this one part, yada, yada, yada. But uh, <laughs> I think we just, a couple of us just kind of got together and watched them as for, like, a gag. Yeah. Um. Because some of them were just so ridiculous. Oh, awful. I I, I remember only one title that still to this day makes me, like, crack up and gag at the same time. Is it Semen Demons? It was not Semen (laughs) Demons. I know. No, no, no. This was even... Oh, there were so many Semen Demons. There was, like, Semen Demon, like, 26. Like, you can't just keep reusing the same title. Like, call it something else. (laughs) 
semen demons. Oh my gosh, I have not heard that in a long time. No, no, it was young panties, old grannies. Oh, I do, do you remember, remember that? that? Well, I, I had to remember a lot of them. Um, I, I was the the porn guy uh, after being at the shop for a, about a year. Yeah. Rupert started letting me call the the dispatch guy. I think his name was Mitch, and I was the one that was you always, ordered porn. I ordered it, and I would always like I tried to like order the good ones in. And yeah. I was talking to the guy, and he he would he would ask me how many I'm looking for for the next order. I'm like, let's order 500, and and it would come in a big box. It was a big box of porn. Just I, I felt like in 40 year old virgin. No, I don't want your big box of porn. To stop trying to give me. Uh, no, um, <laughs> the the guy I was ordering from. Um, I tried to like order specific titles in the ones that were that had like probably the the better box covers mm-hmm. um, that didn't look like just. The, the lowest. It's like a printed out picture. Y- y- yeah. And just, <laughs> just put and it it's in just there. Like, uh, I don't know. Looks like kind of like a, I don't know, just a, a, a collage of just the worst looking s- scenes. Yeah. And, and, and they were all so tiny that you couldn't even like really see what was. It was like a mixtape. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, what is the fucking point of this? Anyways, um, so yeah, I, w- I would order it in and I would try to order specific titles and um, we would we were able to get those in for like, if I ordered a, a box of 500, I think they were $5 a piece that we were purchasing them mm-hmm. for. And then if I bought like a thousand of them, they, they would drop the price down to like three twenty five and... Rupert, being Rupert, was like, yeah, you know, let's... We're getting a deal. Yeah, yeah. Did, did we end up selling a 1,000 or, like, 500 of that particular DVD? Well, it wasn't It wasn't the ones, like, it was just a... a oh, it was, it was like a mix. Yeah, okay. and it, it was pretty much randomized. Yeah. And, uh, again, that's why I tried to, like, order specific titles mm-hmm. so that we didn't... We could weed out the ones that don't sell because we didn't want to have, like... <laughs> Come Guzzlers 23 with, like, the worst box art uh, <laughs> known to man and have, like, 17 copies of that because nobody fucking wants that one. Yeah. yeah. So, it's a no to Come Guzzlers. Yeah. <laughs> but Semen Demons, that's another story. <laughs> that was actually a good one. I liked that yeah. one. <laughs> I actually believed it, you know? <laughs> but I, I, taking the, the movie's back to to watch them and stuff like that like i i made it my mission to try and watch as many <laughs> but like i sped through a lot of them not yeah, actually fast forward. i just wanted to know the details of what what was being shown in each of them how many scenes there would be who the actresses very were very professional and and then that, that kind of like I was able to actually recommend certain movies. I'm like, what are you interested in? Do you what what kind of what kind of thing are you are you looking for in your movies and stuff like that? And so I would make a couple of recommendations based on what I had actually watched. I mean, there was way too many to actually see. There was a lot. Yeah. It just yeah. Um yeah. So that the old Granny's Young Panties definitely That was we, an awful title. It you know and it kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say it upset me, but it was just, 
it was young girls and really old women. And when I say old, like they were grandmas. They were they were like, all white haired foxes. Yeah. <laughs> like they weren't even like the hot milfs. Like yeah. these were these were wrinkly old women. Well into their sixties. With like tits down to their knees, yeah. messing around with young women. And it's just that's I do remember that one. I uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an- another memorable title. I-, I didn't actually end up watching it, but uh, <laughs> one title that's that always stuck out that I-, I like referencing every once in a while when it's appropriate is Vaggie Snacks. Vaggie Snacks. <laughs> that's a great title. It yeah. reminds me of Scooby Snacks. <laughs> of Scooby-Doo. Uh, was it a parody of Scooby-Doo? No, probably not. I don't think we had any parodies. We had a couple parodies, um, not like the ones that are more modern nowadays, mm-hmm. but um, we we had a couple of them. I can't remember what the the titles were, but the one that that sticks out the most was the one that they where they had a huge production and it was it was parodying Pirates of the Caribbean. I was just thinking about that. I was going to say right after like you were finished. I was going to say, do you remember it was humongous? Yeah. Like, they had money, and it was like CGI skeletons boning <laughs> chicks. And it was it was like a revolution. Yeah. Like, we'd never seen anything like that before. I would casually pull that out sometimes when I had guests over, and I would just throw it on. <laughs> like, hmm? <laughs> Can I interest you? They would think that it was like just a, a regular movie because yeah. th- th- there was so much production there, <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden, it, with because I had I had the volume off, but all of a sudden they they'd glance at the screen and, and they'd see like people boning each other, and they're like, "What the fuck?" There was I, there, I, I, there was no explanation. I just threw it on, and, and not to make people uncomfortable, but just to like. Reveal to them that that this thing exists and it's such <laughs> you high... must know about yeah. it. <laughs> and I would say nothing. I would just put it on. And yeah, just... just leave the room. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be we'd be having a, a great conversation. We're having drinks and maybe we're playing some PlayStation. And there, there's there's this high production pornographic title being displayed on another TV, and I I would just. It would blow their mind. They'd, they'd actually like have conversations like, "Holy crap! Look at this!" This it's like scene. I'm disgusted yet intrigued. Yeah, yeah. At this production value. Yeah, that's that's what you would get if you if you came and visited me back in those days. Those, uh, I would I would I would always throw people off with these things. I even had uh, a mascot, uh, one of the one of the blow up dolls from from the discreet days, uh, was like our living room mascot when I had a roommate. <laughs> we we did it was just sitting on the couch and just chilling all day. Um oh I use a blow up doll for our Halloween party every year. Because nice. they are the best mannequins. Like they're cheap. You can dress them in anything. Yeah. They like they're not even a pound. So we'll have like it's a a female 
And no one will even realize it's a blow-up doll until you, like, really take a look at her face because they're obviously her mouth's open. But we've had her, like, hanging from the ceiling, like, as, like, a ghost and a witch and stuff <laughs> like that. And it they're brilliant. Yeah. They're absolutely brilliant. And I'm, I want to get another one, but they're, like, $60. Oof. And I'm like, this is plastic. What yeah. am I, like, paying this much for? So... But I highly recommend it for all your decorating needs. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Six. Going back to customers, do you remember any kind of particular, just like bizarre customer interactions that you ever had? Oh, there, there's one that w- will always haunt me. Uh, <laughs> do tell. Uh, it was, it was not, it was not an awful thing but again there was one customer that came in and I, I think he came in a couple of times if i remember correctly and i always ended up having to to deal with him but he had no sense of personal space oh. and he was, was he a close talker he was a close talker Ooh, and his no. breath stunk oh no and he, he didn't he didn't speak very loudly or clearly yeah. um so I, I had to get in to hear what he was saying, and uh, because he had broken English, it was it was a very it was like pulling teeth with this guy. He was very nice, very polite, well mannered, but he there was he had to get in real close to have a conversation. Like he was right up in my face like this, oh. and it sucked because uh, again he, I wanted to offer him so many times a breath mint because of how bad he uh, he ha- had. Um, just, I don't know, just poor dental hygiene. <laughs> That's very unfortunate. Um, yeah. Um, there was there were some hilarious moments, too, over the the, the few years that I was there. Because I, I think I was there for, like, just under three years, right around that time frame. Uh, my favorites were when I could work the, the night shift. Um because that's when the rowdies would come out. Oh yeah. Um, but I never, I didn't really get to work night shifts too, too often. But sometimes uh, I would switch with one of the one of the other girls, or I think a couple of times with Jeff. Um, my favorites were the the drunken duo that came in one time. There was uh, there was one that was very comfortable with being in the store and the other one was clearly very apprehensive about walking <laughs> through the front door and he sat there for a while before he finally had the courage to actually open the door and follow his friend in and his friend like outside the door or in the foyer in that little foyer he oh. was just he was staring through the door oh boy. and he looked really unsure of himself <laughs> But I guess his friend had convinced him after having a couple of rounds that uh, they should totally go check it out. So he, he the the one that was comfortable being in there, he he gets in there like a dirty sock. He goes to the middle section where all the toys are. Yeah, and uh, his friend finally comes sauntering in through that foyer, and he's kind of looking around a little bit. Looks very uncomfortable at looking at women's laundry, like maybe he shouldn't be doing that because his wife will kill him. And his buddy yells from the from the middle of the store, hey, hey, come, come check this out. <laughs> and his buddy slowly wanders around and that, that, that one wall that kind of like separated, uh, that, that kind of jetted out from where the office was, mm-hmm. he's hiding behind that and 
but he walks around that that wall corner there and gets slugged right in the face without it. He was he he's like kind of stumbling and and all of a sudden this big giant cock gets swung <laughs> right at him in the face and almost knocks him right out. He he got hit by one of those one of those super thick was like, it the sh- was it the shorter thick one? Because yeah, there was one that yeah. it was. I mean, it was quite. It was like ten large. inches. It had like weird giant testicles. Yeah, but it was huge. Like yeah. it was so. And he got the circumference was fucking huge. He got whipped in the face by oh, the. Oh no! It was it was the ones that came in like just the the, the plastic, plastic wrapping, just plastic, yeah. no box, yeah. just plastic. Yeah. <laughs> and he he got decked so good. <laughs> Those are dangerous. Yeah. Like. I mentioned before getting, like, hit in the face with the fist, (laughs) which is literally, I I mean, if you couldn't tell from the name of the product, it is just a closed fist. They they had that, the closed fist, and it went up to your elbow. Yeah. Um, Of course, it was, and I'm, I'm I'm a big bitch, so it's like, I'm not a small girl, but... It's it was way bigger, like it was a man's forearm, yep. uh, and fist, and then I want to say the other one was called the hand. Yeah, the fist and of Adonis and the hand of Adonis. Was it of Adonis? Yeah. Well, it the fist of Adonis for sure. I don't know. If, <laughs> I can't remember if the hand was the hand of Adonis. But and it was like uh, the only way. <laughs> this is so terrible to say. Actually, I probably should say this uh, in public, but. It's uh, what Italians like put together their hand, and they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Hey, gabagool!" <laughs> like it's it's that. <laughs> it is the it way was, you hold your hand. It was exactly that. Is that. Said it. Yeah. <laughs> it was an, maybe it was like the hand of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. That's that's the new official name. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's uh, American saying language for like Italian. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's the, the universal yeah. hand gesture for Italian. Um, so, and again, it went straight to the elbow. And those things, I swear to God, were like ten pounds. Oh like, yeah, it was so fucking heavy. It was. It was a lot of rubber. A lot of rubber, and, and it was it was hard, I'm solid rubber. Nothing. Pretty sure you can do some major damage with those things. Oh yeah, there was there was nothing hollow in those things. No, they probably no. even put rebar in it just to make sure. Oh, it's <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know. Some of the products, I would, I would say probably were very unnecessary. I don't know why someone would want something like this, but I'm probably not as adventurous as most. And You're people, not a size queen? Um, no, I wouldn't say I was. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm more, you know, I'm more of the... Uh, it's uh, the motion of the ocean type of, type of gal, you know? Confidence is key. You can do a lot with uh, confidence and, and a small dick. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Fuck, man. I I want to say it was discreet that started coming out with, like, the metal works. Like, that's when I saw, like, the metals coming in. Um, like, we started—was it discreet? Did we sell metal stuff like metal like butt plugs and stuff at Discreet or is it the other place? Maybe it was the other place. Uh, not during. Well, no, there there might have because there was. I know we. I think we sold cot cages. Yeah. That were steel, um, which were, 
I feel like there was another name for that that's escaping me right now. Um, or maybe it is called caged. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. like a chastity belt for, yeah. your, for your penis. That's what I was looking, the word I'm looking for. Like, yeah, so it would like lock, you know? Yep. Um, I never once sold any of those. I... I I almost no. got close a couple of times. Yeah, it, me too. People people looked at them like they definitely wanted to see it, but I never sold. Besides, because um, one thing I will give discreet, I think the setup was great for the store. It was huge, um, and I think we had a really good fetish section for that store. Because um, we had all kinds of stuff, um, and I sold mostly just lingerie. I've, I had never sold a mask in my life, um, mm-hmm. and then like whips, like uh, crops and stuff like that. I sold. I had one from Discreet actually, and I swear, like I had it for like probably like ten years. It was fantastic, and I used to hit people constantly with that thing like it and i swear like just within the last 10 years i think it just broke um but that thing was well made but yeah other than that i like i never sold the penis dilators i don't think i ever saw sold a cot cage or like a chastity but like a i guess a vaginal chastity belt or anything like that um i want to say i sold a sex swing once my interpretation was a lot of the fetish gear did not sell as much as like the more mainstream kind of toys and stuff like that. Yeah, because uh, you, I mean the the, the booming uh, fetish people, fetishists, um, they didn't. I don't. I don't want to say they didn't have the money, but it's expensive. It, it was it's a lot of money expensive. to yeah. get any of those articles. There was one guy that would come in in the afternoons that. Uh, was was very uh, open about his uh, his fetish for it, and he was always buying like chaps or whatever. And he would speak with with Rupert directly. He spent mm. he's he had the money to spend on it. Um, but, and we sold some good quality stuff, yeah. like real leather things, yeah. yeah. Which hence why it was so expensive, but not like today. Which I'm sure there are places. I always say that I think that's one thing Winnipeg is probably missing is like I'm sure there is like a huge fetish scene here, but for more I guess like mainstream people um, to go in and buy that like unless you're doing it like online, I would love to see like a store that sold that stuff like a mainstream store. Yeah. So yeah, and that's that's unfortunate because mm-hmm. we still have the black and blue ball. I think it uh, it stopped for a while, and yeah. then I think it was called something else. I had someone else took over it, but I think it's now the black and blue ball, black and blue ball again. Yeah, they uh, they weren't allowed to use the name. There was something that yeah. came up a I while. I want to say it was something with an A. Um, they just called it the ball, or was it just the ball? Okay, yeah, yeah they they labeled it that for a while. Um, I don't know if it went through another metamorphosis in, in names as well at some point, but that was what I remembered was that it was it was being labeled that because there was some sort of legal issues with the black and blue ball um, fetish event somewhere else in the world that was I mean, trademarked. I want to say that... 
I think it was in the States. I, I want to say that Montreal had a, also a black and blue ball. Maybe. Because um, I'm pretty sure I heard, I know someone who went there and they, so I thought it was a regular like event, like the X, like a, you know, just, yeah. you know, did they just do it in different provinces, but I think it was something completely different. So, but the black and blue ball were, was here for like years. Like, so I don't know. I think... Like, my um, interpretation was that when I think Master Brian, I, I think I heard from the grapevine, he just didn't want to do it anymore. Because um, I'm sure it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Like, you know, so, and then I think when he, I don't want to say he retired, but maybe he did. Um, and then someone else tried to take it over. And I think there was competing ones. Because I remember just the ball, but I do remember... I think someone else trying to put on a fetish ball and it just did not work out. And then just recently they were advertising for the black and blue ball again. Or maybe it was just the ball and I misread it. But uh yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not sure if it's still Master Brian or it's someone else um doing it, but I'll find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you when you start looking into finding your next podcast guests. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, hopefully Master Brian's still around because I would love to talk to him. <laughs> did you ever go at the black and blue ball? I did. Um, there was one occasion, and it was it was very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I had picked out an outfit, um, not necessarily the most flattering outfit, but it was it was all PVC stuff from from Discreet, and uh, I figured I'll I'll look. Uh, like I fit Look right the part. in, yeah, <laughs> and represent the the store on on the occasion that I went, and I, I ended up going with uh, with someone that I had previously dated um, as as my as someone to to join me because um, I I didn't want to go by myself, yeah, and yeah. and so we we went and. I got sexually harassed uh, oh. briefly. Uh, some someone thought I looked like someone else from behind, so oh. th- they squeezed my butt and uh, immediately it's apologized. Not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where you just wanted an excuse to grab PVC butt? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I do. I mean, that's good because you obviously went on like a normal night because we just copped out and went on Halloween. Yeah. Like, you know, the like chickens that we are. Everyone's first time is to go <laughs> yeah. then, yeah. yeah. It's just like uh, usually people's first time in drags, Halloween, right? You're just testing out the waters. So, you know, and it was just easy because I didn't have any fetish gear at that time. So I'm like, oh, I can just wear like, you know, a skimpy, I don't know, probably a maid's costume or something like that. Um and so we went there, and actually, I think I went there twice. Once was Halloween, and then once was, I think, just like a normal time with one of my girlfriends at the time. And I don't want to say it just wasn't for me. I didn't find it too interesting. Yeah, same here. That's why I only ended up going yeah. just the one time. It was it was an experience, uh, and I'm glad I didn't go on a Halloween when there's like 50 million other people. Yeah. Because it, I found it very cramped as it was, it was with all the vendors very and all busy. the yeah. different displays of uh, of types of fetishes, whether mm-hmm. it was like the the, the cutting, um, which I think they had to limit. Um, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there was there was just some interesting setups there, and it was uh, it was very stuffy. <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about, it, I do remember it being. On Halloween, that was the more popular night, and it was just it could just get 
packed in there. And it used to be, now, unfortunately, the place shut down, the zoo, which yeah. was right in the village. It was the basement. Um, everyone was super friendly, though. I'll tell you that. Um, like, the staff and whatnot. Yeah. And you weren't, like, people would come up and talk to you and stuff. Uh, the confidence in that place was amazing. Uh, I did have an odd situation and the only time that this happened and um I was there with my girlfriend and this guy came up to me and he was wearing a suit he was just really nicely dressed older gentleman at that time I'm sure he was like Andrew's age (laughs) now but um he he started chatting with me told me I look good whatever love to hear it um, but then he kind of like propositioned me for his female friend. He he basically told me that I was he had an older, wealthy woman that he knew, and I was like just her type. And if I'd be interested in meeting her, and he's he kept saying how she had like a lot of money and stuff like that. And <laughs> looking back. I'm thinking like, shit, maybe I should have fucking met her. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe it was some kind of like high society type and I could be in some kind of weird fucking eyes wide shut situation and, you know, get my money. But also I'm just like, is this prostitution? I don't know. Like, what if it's a young panties, old granny situation? I don't want to be in that. (laughs) I don't feel safe. (laughs) Yeah, not trying to be in like, you know, the second version of that, uh, or the second volume of that movie. So, no Fifty Shades of Black or Gray. Uh, no Fifty Shades of Depends. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, that. Oh, that whole thing just. Let's not even go to Fifty Shades because that thing was just a fucking mess when that came out. Oh my God! It was like porn for soccer moms. It was like, have you read those books? Uh, no, no, I, uh... I wouldn't even call it porn. It's I, like eroticism. I haven't even watched any of the movies. It's either. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've heard a lot of mixed feelings on it, so I've, it, it never really... It, it sort of piqued my interest when it first was uh, a book, and then I just never followed through, so... Um. Well, like, I like the fact that I'm like, oh, it's mainstreaming BDSM, which I'm like, that's great. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, great people yeah. and stuff like that. And But when I, like, read it and I'm like, what is this? Like, this is garbage. <laughs> and basically Christian Grey, I think his name is, he's Batman. Like, is what he is. Like, you know, he's, what is it, an orphan? He's super rich. He's, like, an asshole. You know, blah, blah. I'm like... This woman just took the Batman story. <laughs> it, made him, like, it made him into BDSM. Pretty much. And I just. Story, yeah. For me, it kind of. It didn't make sense to come out when it did because the. I want to. Anastasia, I think her name was the main character, the, the girl. Sure. She, seems like her name would be Anastasia. Um, something foreign, but like, you know, mysterious. Um, she was like in her twenties, yeah, early twenties, but she like never had an orgasm and she didn't know anything about sex. And I'm like, this came out in the late two thousands. This this doesn't make sense unless you're coming from I don't know, like an Amish community, yeah, right? Or like you know, <laughs> you've never watched TV in your life. Like this makes no sense. And it just 
it it portrayed the BDSM community as kind of being abusive, like pieces of shit. Yeah, and I didn't like that. And I'm just like, because I've known a lot of people who are into whatever they're into, and they're the nicest people in the world. And I'm just like, this is. I mean. It's like any movie, really. Like, you know, you can portray uh, people of a certain community being a certain way. But I guess, like, the popularity of it that came from it, I just think it didn't really give that community, like, a fair chance. Especially because it's not a community a lot of people know about. And they already have this kind of... um, thought process and, you know, who these people are, like they're sick and they're like, you know, I don't know, just demeaning people and just like it can be, I'm sure a lot of them are, there's pieces of shit in every kind of community, but then like, you know, a lot of the times they're just normal fucking people who are just happen to be into some, some things that are none of your business, yeah. basically, right? So, and like the products that came out because of it, the Fifty Shades of Grey line, like they're all just cheap fucking like <laughs> pieces of shit. And I'm just, and then you have women coming in thinking that you can put like, I didn't read it this part of the story. I read the first book and that was it. But just not using like Ben Wall balls properly, um, like which are just like basically like little marbles you mm-hmm. stick up your snatch to like tighten your vagina and stuff like that it's like you know kegel muscles colorfully put you know? <laughs> what am i but not colorful uh. um, <laughs> i'm getting to the point flesh colored i'm not going to i'm not going to sugarcoat anything for you uh, so they, they're used for ke- for kegels but like they're like oh i can stick this up here and here i'm like i wouldn't suggest that it's not how they work Please be careful when using these products. They should come with warnings. Six. The overall takeaway of working at Discreet, like, did it, do you think that, it, <laughs> we're kind of joking before about, like, kind of the post-traumatic stress that you kind of get from working in a place like this. Like, was there any takeaway? Did it affect you later on in life, like, um, how you look at people talking about sex more openly and casually with just like people who've never kind of, you know, experienced working in a place like that. Yeah. Um, so going back to kind of what what happened as I developed um, through my time there was I, I went from being uh, very uneducated and very repressed to being more of more confident, and uh, I was able to to talk more freely, and uh, I built up my social skills again. Obviously, um, throughout the the near three years of of being at that place, and um, I kind of thought that you know I, I would have secured my position there, and that things would have been would have never changed um, because I I got into a fight for for a rack of laundry for for Rupert for that store. <laughs> I I was sitting in the middle of the store and Jeff saw some people shoplifting stuff. They they were just grabbing handfuls of yeah. laundry and I went and chased after them and uh there were two other people that were lookouts for them and uh ended up getting into a scuffle with four people at the same time. And uh even though I took a couple of punches uh I walked away without a single scratch surprisingly um that was a scary situation and i <laughs> was not no expecting kidding. that but uh yeah 
uh, I thought it would have secured my, uh, the, you know, as as most things go, you know, you you do something above and beyond like that. I thought maybe that would have they, they would have seen that I was very loyal and stuff like that. Anyways, um, back to the the point there. Um, again, it it kind of built my confidence uh, over the years. Um, I think wrestling also kind of helped with that because I was able to perform or act like I was something, someone different and uh, just kind of fake it till I make it and in a way that uh, made me kind of a happier person overall. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe kind of what what else the takeaway was but um so it was a positive it, overall it was, experience it was mostly a positive experience um I, f- I felt a little bit bitter towards the end there um which kind of brought me back to to how I was before I even applied where I was kind of a bitter and angry person anyways uh, that's kind of gone away over the years though I mm. uh, kind of figured out how to manage myself. Um, and that was more with disagreements on, like, the ownership and management and, you know, because there was some sketchy stuff going on yeah. in the background, unfortunately. Yeah, which we probably won't talk yeah. about. <laughs> um, yeah, the the overall experience was, was pretty good. And when I talk to people now, um, I... I try to filter myself out. I try to still kind of feel out the room, but there are times where there where there's misses in cues <laughs> or social uh, encounters, and I and I just completely flat out embarrass or make people uncomfortable by just spouting off stuff that you know was okay between you and I, yeah, and all of the other staff uh, at the time, but. Um, there are times where where I inappropriately blurt out stuff like that as well, and just like spitting like straight facts about like certain things or um, like what would be an example? I don't know if someone tries to be funny and making kind of like an off color joke about something, and you're like, "Well, actually, <laughs> <laughs> let me educate you on that." Yeah, and then it's like, "Wah wah." <laughs> Yeah, the, there's still lots of those in uh, occasions as well that that do occur. Yeah, <laughs> those are always fun. Yeah, I'm like what? This isn't normal. You don't talk about anal fisting. Yeah, like that's strange. We can't pretend that we're gay for each other. Yeah, I'm comfortable with it. Why can't you be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Six. Random thought actually just came up. I'm pretty sure that was the first time I've ever heard of and watched, and this was at Discreet, and um, I'm, I'm sure Lana and Rupert were not there, that I saw, was it Two Girls, One Cup? Yeah. And I that's... think we watched it there or something, and I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know probably, why that popped into my head. That probably came out right about that time. That was, uh, yeah, that was a, a popular one for a while. Yeah, it's, uh, also, I apologize for actually anyone who, please don't look up Two Girls, One Cup, if you've never seen it. Um, it's old school, but turn this off now if you're kind of squeamish, but if you've been, you know, listening, then... 
obviously, you know what you're in for. But I definitely remember one thing that I will never forget, which I don't, I wouldn't even, I don't even know if this is considered porn, to be honest with you. It was just so, uh, it was a girl, I think she was Japanese, um, and she stuck a funnel in her butt, and she put a bunch of leeches in the funnel, and then she farted them all out. (laughs) Don't know what the point of that was. But uh, that's a memory that just came back to me. <laughs> oh, well, there, there's your uh, the, the animal porn that you can recommend uh, to that one guy. Is that is that porn? Uh, no, I don't think. Was so. it just a hobby? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she had some like I don't know, like colon cancer. Because you know, I know leeches. <laughs> you know, weren't they used to purify blood or something back in the day? Yeah. Maybe it was a medical thing. I don't know. Um, but a little food for thought there. Uh, or fart for <laughs> food for fart, fart for food. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> um, well, well then. Uh, and what do you think would be like? What do you think of the future of the sex shops? Because Mel had mentioned about because now you can kind of get everything online. Um, and I understand with the changing times, it's more readily available. It's usually cheaper online. Um, but I'm old school and I'm still a stickler for the sex shop and going in and actually looking at the product, feeling the product, seeing how it works before you buy it. Like, But I'm someone who who doesn't like buy clothes online. I like to see it. Uh, I like to try it on, like I would, stuff like that. So do you think there's still room for kind of the sex shops in society or? Um, noticing the, the, way, the trends. Um... Any type of retail, like even if we're talking about your conventional retail places like Bed Bath & Beyond, which is closing down. Yeah. Um, Never went there anyway, really. Y- well, yeah. <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to figure out what you really needed from a place like that anyways. Because yeah. you could go to so many other places. While, it's, uh, while I do see the, the industry as being something that is necessary... Um, it would have to probably reinvent itself in a different capacity, I would say, in order to to thrive and not end up like some of these other retail giants that just they can't make a penny in in the industry uh, because the internet has really has really managed to sway a lot of people, whether it's th- through Amazon or mm-hmm. maybe people feel more reluctant to go into a physical place and they want to try stuff online first. Um, nothing replaces, obviously, trying on the clothes. Yeah. But uh, when it comes to trying out, out toys and stuff like that, I, I think it's still very much a taboo subject that people just, they, they're more open to it, uh, especially the younger generations. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that, that they're totally cool with it, uh, with, with talking about it in, in conversation. But there's still a, a massive percentage of people that just they can't bring themselves to talk to people about it and they'll they'll look online for stuff and they'll try until they find something they like mm-hmm. they'll they'll spew money at it and the other part part of it is that you're cutting out the middleman i find too so products tend to be a little bit on a, more on the the more affordable side yeah absolutely because I mean, it, there's less overhead in general true 
Like, I don't know if they're just big warehouses or what, but I know in particular, and I think I'm pretty sure it's a Canadian-owned company called, like, Pink Cherry, that yeah. website. And I've ordered from there before. Yeah, it's great customer service. Their prices are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I should get them to sponsor this. Give me some money. But <laughs> <laughs> Shout Why out to Pink Cherry. <laughs> but, uh, Shameless I mean, plug. Right? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they're definitely a place where, um, like, a lot of people that I know have ordered from and they've always been satisfied, uh, whether it's, um, I don't know what, if they have a return policy. That's the only thing I worry about, I suppose, uh, buying online rather than going into the store is, like, what is the return policy? Because, like, are you just, are you, are these things so cheap as in, like, because clearly you I mean, hopefully they're not reselling <laughs> products that they're no. that people are returning. But I'm like, but what kind of money are you losing out on if you if like people are returning products and you're having to dispose of them, yeah. sort of thing? Because like some of these things, like they're hundreds of dollars and stuff like that. And like, because it's I mean the future of just like the toy industry in particular is pretty amazing and it's getting super high tech and I'm excited to see where it's going like the last thing I kind of read about was almost like a, like an Oculus yeah thing and like not only that but like I think I saw a video of like a guy with the whole thing and then he had some kind of like machine on his penis. Yep. And it was like simulating like oral sex and I'm like that's actually pretty amazing. But yeah. I couldn't I don't I don't think that is uh, available to the masses, but I'm like that's that's where we're heading. Yeah. Whether you think it's a good thing or not, but it's pretty amazing that we can do that now, but just I wouldn't want to order that online and then like spend all that money and be, be like, disappointed, can I, yeah. like return this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there, I know that they do with Pink Cherry. There, they do have return policies. Um, I don't remember the extent of it, but mm-hmm. obviously, if there's defects, then yeah. you can you can get it refunded or have a new one sent out. Um, but I can't remember if. They have a, a limit on how many days before you're allowed to return stuff or anything like that. Um, just as another random side thought that I had. Uh, if uh, if Discreet had managed to survive to this day, um, just kind of what it probably would would have looked like in the future is I I would imagine because I've uh, we had a we had a colleague. She was the biggest nerd, but she was like the kind of the future of what the uh, and I she she drove me nuts uh, she I think she drove everybody nuts. yeah but she was she definitely was like the future of what the the newer generations mm-hmm. of uh, of customers would be like and so and way back in the day too like yeah this is like know, 20 years the ago stuff before. that she was spewing were kind of like mm, I don't think so but Looking at it now, like oh, she she was right. She she was she was involved in that kind of stuff before yeah. it was super popular. Now the stuff that like if if discreet was still around, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure we prob we probably would have carried things like uh, I don't know furry costumes mm-hmm. for for the for the individuals or the 
curious in people that like, I guess, want to dress up for their fetishes. Going towards more of different, like, fetishisms, just not the BDSM, like, leather kind of spanking thing that everyone knows about. Like, more, like, specific yeah. stuff. We, yeah. We, I, de- I definitely could see Discreet would have evolved and added that particular fetish mm-hmm. wear to their lineup. Uh, also, I, I would have, because anime and oh, hentai, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're super popular now. Um, they weren't as widely discovered or around or available 20 years ago. The availability. Yeah, because yeah. it was still mostly a, a Japanese thing. And so now mm-hmm. with the popularity of it, I'm sure that the lineup would have also added like body pillows that had featured yeah. like lewd women or something mm-hmm. like that on them. And uh, obviously with technology advancing, more smart products like yeah. what you just described there um, with the uh, virtual reality thing. That's so neat. Like, like if I continue on doing this, the podcast and then the show, um, one of the things on my bucket list is to go, because I know, um, I'm sure there's bigger and better ones, but I know Vegas has, like, a huge, like, sex expo. Expo. And just, like, see what is going on. Like, what is the, what what's popular? What's the future? Like, I'm pretty sure, like... If you're going to one in friggin' Asia or something like that, it would just blow my friggin' mind. Um, but yeah, just going to one of those, I remember, I don't think it was Rupert, but another person that I was working with would go periodically to like the shows in Vegas. I'm like, I wanna go to these shows. I wanna see what's going on and <laughs> stuff like that. And cause yeah, all I kept seeing was like the same, same products, same products, like just. Same shit, different day, different colors, different things. <laughs> I thought when they came out with the, um, I don't think Marvel had anything to do with it, to be honest with you, but when they came out with the superhero penises, have you ever seen those? I have. Those are amazing. Yeah. Like, and then just like <laughs> Thor's hammer and <laughs> it was like the hammer and then the I guess the balls were the hammer, and then like the shaft was the the handle, and that was like the Spider Man, and the Hulk was huge. Yeah. And then them coming out with I never saw them. Uh, I don't think we sold them here, but like they had like zombie penises and yeah. stuff like that, like with like rotting skin, and it was just it was so interesting oh, yeah. and just like just thinking outside the box. And I know it's not in the sense of probably furry things that are in that community but I know there's a lot of more I've seen like butt plugs with like like the tails like more like yeah uh, the horse tail thing has been around for like ever yeah but more of like the I guess now like the fox tail and, and, and the rabbits and yeah. stuff like that so it's just basically a butt plug with like but like sticking out of your butt would be like the tail of the thing so yeah and there's there, there's yeah. some interesting diversity that uh, yeah has um, made itself, um, I guess, uh, quite the quite the force to be reckoned with because mm-hmm. there's now there's there's something for for literally anyone and that the, you got really? these what do you what do you, um what am I trying to say here tentacle shaped dildos yes, and you've got yeah. the, the I think dragon, from the hentai or dragon penises yeah. it's it, yeah the, anything you can think of they've probably got uh, a a dildo sh- shape or idea that exists for it. 
any kind of shape you want to stick up whatever orifice, they yeah. got it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then I've seen so many different like sizes for the, those things too. Like so, it, it it's for anybody of of any interest in mm-hmm. in size as well. So if you're just starting out, or if you're uh, a massive size queen that that goes for <laughs> like things that stretch them out to the stretch their orifices out to the maximum possible you know, size and bless them it's uh it's insane what they've come out with i i, I kind of wish that i was working in the industry during those times when those things were new because that they're exciting <laughs> they're very exciting and like we were talking about on the first episode like the unboxing and how we could have been like the first unboxers and how when we got shipments in and we got those boxes in and we got to go through all the new products how exciting it was <laughs> yeah. and it's like christmas just like looking at all these new exciting things putting some batteries in it like feeling them just being like oh my this is like the coolest thing i've ever seen like yeah it was it was an exciting time. I loved seeing like a, a an array of like twenty boxes filled oh. with toys. It was where, so exciting. Where are we gonna put these? I just put them in Rupert's office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was it was a good time. It was a good time. I would not trade it for anything. I Absolutely. think. Yeah. Uh, a lot of interesting characters too. Uh, it's great talking to different people because I swear like. Even with as much as like Sean and I and Mel talk, when we talk about old stories, it's kind of like discovering repressed memories. <laughs> Is it? And just like talking to you, and even though we've came up with these questions, and I was thinking about it, and I was kind of like, okay, we have like standard questions and whatnot, but with you telling me these certain stories, I'm just like. I completely forgot about this thing and like all these things are popping up in my head about that happened and it's strange because I like I believe all of them are true but of course people have like false memories sometimes uh, yeah. and it's like did that actually happen or it actually came happened a different way um, but you know purple was it purple Peter? <laughs> I <laughs> sure. don't know. Let's just say that's I, it's, it's what we're gonna go with because I can't think of the actual name. It, it sounds legit. Yeah, it definitely sounds legit. Um, so yeah, this was super fun, and thank you so much for coming in and, for and talking me. to me, and uh, just being able to like to hang out again and talking about the old times. <laughs> Pleasure's really all awesome. mine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, so uh, we'll end it, and um, yeah, until next time, I suppose. I don't know. I don't have, like, a signature send-off. Thanks for coming in. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was solid. <laughs> yeah. Solid like a rock. Thanks.